This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Welcome to the Bite Size Book Club podcast, She Well Read. We're your hosts, Alana. And Samra, and we're two black girls in our mid-twenties who are on a journey to get back into reading. Our goal is to encourage women to not only read any and everything, but to also read at your own pace. Each episode, we take a bite-sized approach to reading by breaking down one chapter of a book and diving into a multitude of topics. We see reading as a source of empowerment and want to bring people together through shared experiences and provide a platform that promotes reading as a source of empowerment. Thanks for being here, and let's get on to the show. Hey, well-read baddies. Welcome back to another episode of She Well Read. I'm Alana. And I'm Samra. And today we have another guest episode. But before we get into that, I was like, that you had me a little moment. You done? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, shout out Corner. Be sure to follow us everywhere at She Well Read. Also, don't forget to join the Patreon and by the time this episode is up, I think our giveaway will be live, which basically, if you join our Patreon at any level, you'll be entered into the giveaway. We're giving away a Be Rooted book lover set. Uh, and we're also giving away a $25 gift card to Amazon in that prize pack. So be sure to go check out our Instagram for all the rules and all the things and when it ends. And yeah, I think that's it. Yeah. You got anything to shout out? Ooh. <laughs> no, I don't think so. It's been a while. But I know I we're like shaking, shaking it all the off. Dust. The dust. Yeah, yeah. Figurative dust. I yeah, know, I feel shy. I'm like, I know. I'm like, oh, hey. <laughs> um. Anywho, but let's get into our guest episode today. We have it. There's more to the story. Podcast host Bree and Maddie. Welcome, Bree. Welcome, Maddie. Thanks for being on the show today. Hi. Hi thank you for, for having us. us. Oh, <laughs> we were almost. We said that at the same time. That was the best thing. <laughs> what happens when you host this show with somebody? You just, you just, yeah. you, just <laughs> you love to see it. Okay, so tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us about your show and how you guys got started. Okay, well, we met in college, um, mm-hmm. our freshman year. Um, she was pretty much the first college friend that I had, I think, <laughs> because we, so I was a commuter, so I didn't know many people. So I was trying to go to all these clubs. So we both liked the show Supernatural at the time. And so they had like a Supernatural club on campus. So we went there and we sat next to each other and I was like, I don't have any friends, so you're going to be my bestie. And she's like, okay. <laughs> I love the honesty. I know. Like, hey, so sorry. You just had to sit next to me tonight and there's no way you could have known that this was about I was it. like, you are locked in now. <laughs> and she invited me back to her dorm to watch American Horror Story. And we have mm-hmm. been watching stuff together and talking about it ever since. What? Wow. Right. Wow. Beautiful. That's like the <laughs> perfect reason to start a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> doing stuff like you are already doing it and you're just mm-hmm. continuing it. And like now it's a show. That's so awesome. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, so what got you guys into like podcasting? Like what made what was like y'all's we should turn this into a podcast moment. It was like half of a joke when we first started talking about it. <laughs> yeah. And then um I was getting ready to move away um to Virginia. We used to be in Ohio together and I was like, we should just do a podcast. Let's like let's do it for real. Um and then it went from joking to serious and now we're here. <laughs> Wow. yeah it went from like well the problem was is we kept talking about it when we hung out with our friends and our friends mm-hmm. were like we are begging start a youtube show start a pot anywhere we do not have to hear about this is fantastic <laughs> so because we would just like sidetrack and the two of us would just go yeah, on yes. for hours and nobody could get a word so they were like you guys need to do your own thing we're not telling to release it was just the adhd feeding off of each other yeah, we didn't we know when to shut up <laughs> have y'all heard that tiktok sound with what's her name uh renee rap that mm-hmm. she's like adhd yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
that's been like on my phone page endlessly right now and it's just so good it's so usable it's so good i saw somebody did it about books and i was like yeah they were like i was like why didn't we do that actually i was like damn i know such a good idea it was a good idea anywho this was also a great idea oh my goodness so y'all remote record and so mm-hmm. how does how does how does like how do y'all pick the topics that you're going to talk about on your show like how is it something that y'all are both watching? i pick it out and tell her what we're going to do <laughs> We joke that like this podcast was an excuse for me to just watch all the things she's been telling me to watch and like I never yeah. do. <laughs> I am so weak. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I feel like we do that too. I'm like, you have to see this thing, or you're like, you have to listen to this thing. And then we talk it about almost the show. right, right. And it's like I'm mm-hmm. locked in, like I have accountability now. Yeah. Like I have to <laughs> Or like I have exactly. to book now because we're talking about it on the show. Right. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's the same thing. No, totally. Oh, there was something I was going to ask. Oh, do you feel like your conversations are different now that you guys are like recording? I mean, I know that for the podcast, you've always been virtually recording, but is there a difference between when you guys are in person having these conversations like right when it started versus like doing it in a podcast form I would say yes because I think when we make actual episodes mm-hmm. we don't always succeed but we try and stay on topic and like have a like sort of a structure you know yeah. um and in real life when like even now when uh like we're not recording an episode but we just want to talk about something it's so unhinged and chaotic (laughs) it's like we talk about the thing we're meaning to talk about for like 0.2 seconds and then somehow Mm -hmm. we're on this like bizarre other planet of other topics Mm -hmm. and we get there so quickly (laughs) so (laughs) yeah I would say yeah yeah I'd say it's a bit different Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah I feel like it, we can all relate because it's like we're both each podcasting with our best friends so like we had to do that too where we were like we have one hour in the studio like, <laughs> we can go off track so quickly mm-hmm. we had to be like okay we can only talk about this for 10 minutes then we have to move on <laughs> like we yeah. have to literally cut each other or like give us a, like a look and it's like okay we gotta like wrap this up (laughs) yeah it's so true it just even like even like trying to get work done like you're like how are you turns into girl let me tell you about my whole because I don't know as an adult it's like I don't see you that often so I end up like like I'm really close with Lana just because I mean not even just because but like this is like our weekly meeting I'm gonna talk to her whether I wanted to or not you know what I mean so it's like it almost keeps the friendship so strong do you guys on the same wave yeah do you guys know that TikTok sound I was just like do you miss me when I'm not there would you miss me if we didn't have this podcast Oh my god, wait, but relatable. No, I don't miss her. I know. Like, I'm well, I mean, we go on breaks and then I'm, we're still like, it's still right. the same thing. Like, right. We still, and we hang out, like, we intentionally hang out outside of doing podcast work too. So it's not like the only time I talk to her, the only but time sometimes I Sometimes it really be bare balls. Yeah. Like, <laughs> sometimes it'd be the weekly meeting. <laughs> Because it's, it's also like, like you said, we're adults. It like, it's in the schedule. It's right here. It's going to happen. Right. If so I had a weekly commitment with all of my best friends, like I would talk to my all of my, but I would really feel more close to all my best friends. Yeah. It's almost like just start a podcast with that person. <laughs> yeah. If you're looking to get closer to one of your best friends and y'all are having trouble, just start a podcast. This is yeah. your sign to do so. This is what mm-hmm. you have to do um so how do you got well I already asked how do you pick your topics but like when y'all are doing your topics on your show like how do you pick what about that topic you're going to talk about like your themes I guess is what I'm asking 
I think partially, um, like, we came in already with, like, an idea of what we want to talk about. We don't really talk to each other beforehand. We try to keep it, like, as, like, on the cuff as it is, um, just because it'd be, like, better reactions for it. Mm. Um, yeah, I think it kind of just depends on what it is that we're covering. Uh, sometimes I have more to say. Sometimes she has more to say. Um, and then there are times where she starts talking about a thing, and I'm like, I have no idea what you're saying right now, but okay. <laughs> right, you look like, wait, what? <laughs> Surprise! Surprise. <laughs> sometimes, it, because I edit all our episodes, so, like, sometimes I will not, like, I don't realize the gems that Brie has until, like, I play it back, and then I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> like, you were really spitting right there. But... <laughs> no, it really do be like that. Like, when I'm listening, I'm like, god damn, that was... That's a, that's a clip for social media right there because she's just mic dropped for a second. So I get it. I told it's that's it's so, so much different. Like when you're in it because you're like in the adrenaline of like recording an episode, mm-hmm. yeah. And then you listen back and you're like, damn, that was good though. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think we also like come at it with such different perspectives that mm-hmm. um, you know, like she we talk about this a lot, but she is a psych. Um, psychology student and um, I was an English student so um, we studied like very different but also very similar things so when we watch something we read something um, we kind of latch on to those aspects that we kind of Mm -hmm. um, I don't want to say our experts because we're by no mean experts but uh, (laughs) you know that we're very familiar with Mm -hmm. um whatever really piques our interest sometimes we don't realize how how much we'll have to say about I text Brie all the time I'm like I have nothing to say about this and then we record for like two hours (laughs) that's literally like I've got nothing and then like the main one Um, (laughs) great though I love I don't know what's gonna happen yes someone's thoughts can make you go down the whole rabbit hole that you didn't Mm -hmm. realize I don't know it's kind of it's it is really interesting to see what like sticks out to people yeah yeah you know, for me and her it's never the same that's, that's the same with y'all too pretty much yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. that makes a lot of sense yeah and i love to see- i feel like it makes for great conversation also i know i love hearing yeah that's what makes it like layered and textural <laughs> yeah <laughs> um <laughs> okay so i did i have another question the okay so your show is called there's more to the story where did you get the name from? Like, what inspired the name There's More to the Story? And, like, how you decided this is what you were podcasting about? I mean, obviously, we know that it's because y'all couldn't shut up with each other about talking about mm-hmm. these. You made it a podcast. But, like, what made you think, like, okay, but this is how we're going to structure it. This is how we're going to play it. This is what the title's going to be. Like, all of that. Kind of like the planning, I guess, of the show. So we so we actually had another title idea, like, before we settled on There's More to the Story. <laughs> <laughs> And, like, originally it was Argue with the Wall, and we were very, like, in it for that um, title because we were like, yeah, we don't care about other people's opinions. What we're saying, that's it. (laughs) Also, (laughs) we, like, playfully argue a lot, so it was, you know. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, But then someone else had, like, that um, podcast name, and they had literally just dropped their podcast, like, a few months before we were about to, and then we were like, all right, back to the drawing board. Um, I don't actually remember if I was the one who came up with that or if she did. I was. Yeah, because I, this is kind of a weird story. It, like, doesn't really have anything to do with our podcast. But when I, like, years ago, when I was still in high school, um, one of my best friends gave me, like, this collage thing. And she had cut out words from a magazine. Um, And one of the phrases was, there's more to the story. Um, and I think it's, you know, cause I like to read, but I always loved that phrase, like as soon as I saw it. And so when we were searching for names, it just popped into my head. Um, and I think like we just, we do movies and TV shows and books because we don't really want to limit ourselves. Like there's more to every story. And mm-hmm. when we watch or read something, the first thing we want to do is like, we want to look up reactions or we want to look up other people that have seen this. Like, what did they miss? Um, or what did they see that I missed? Um, so we wanted to kind of give that to other people. 
Wait, I love that. Yeah, that's so <laughs> smart to look up like what the diaspora is feeling. <laughs> like you're like putting your and that's so English psychology major. <laughs> let's see let's tap into the culture Mm -hmm. and I do feel like y'all give great perspectives of like when I listen to your podcast it's not it's not like the just the most basic I guess thoughts that would be like generic generic I don't know even whitewash like it feels like very much representative of like everybody and I don't know just yeah no I agree like I was listening to the cheetah girls episode also damn I would have never like I'm like still in the childhood nostal- nostalgia of it all and you're like mm-hmm. here's everything that was wrong with this beloved <laughs> <laughs> movie that we have here's every problematic thing that we missed <laughs> when we were children and now are adults oh shit that's the tagline we ruin your childhood stuff yeah like i was in my car like how dare they talk about chanel this way my favorite girl stop wait what's that about that girl Look, sometimes I go into a trance when we like do these recordings (laughs) and stuff and i just let my brain like Actually, it doesn't go anywhere. The mouth just starts talking, and yeah. words that probably shouldn't have come out my mouth came out my mouth. It'd be like, um, that. <laughs> you know, I know oh. that. I know that. <laughs> like, I don't even feel that way. <laughs> my mouth just that is so Brie. She will argue with me about something, and it'll sometimes it'll make me mad because I'm like, I know you don't think this. Yeah. <laughs> that, that yeah. right there now we know who is who <laughs> so also edit the show yeah, maybe it's like our brains i don't wow. know i don't know but like relatable. <laughs> <laughs> no but that is so awesome um which you know i'm segue queen uh let's talk about this book right here the book that we just finished i'm glad my mom died by jeanette mccurdy because we have what we obviously what we dissected Ooh. of this book, but we're very interested to know how you guys felt about this book. What were some of the emotions you felt while reading it? What like stood out to you? Uh, what controversial opinions are accepted also? Ooh. Be unhinged. Yeah, I love to get what we don't like. <laughs> I'm the queen of controversial opinions, unfortunately. Yes, she is. <laughs> <laughs> that's how you so weak um so this book took me a really long time to get through not because I feel like it was like poorly written it was just I feel like it was marketed um and this is part of like I think what my problem was it was marketed as like a sad but ultimately hilarious story like like she had so much humor and I think there were moments where like I chuckled a little bit but it was ultimately sad as fuck like it was the most depressing shit I've ever read in my life and it just kept getting worse like you know and and I'm like so after having finished the book I felt so proud of her um especially she did like her anniversary post for the book and she was eating cake and I was like uh that one got me too (laughs) yeah but like I feel like I didn't even though it was an important read I didn't really enjoy it because I was just so anxious and sad wow it was very dark yeah it was really dark Madison doesn't really deal well with like the dark uh or whatever (laughs) yeah (laughs) try to balance things out for her yeah I feel like Um, I'm unwell so like it was like damn this sucks but relatable Same. Yeah, oh. no, same. <laughs> She's like, yeah. Um, <laughs> I listened to it um on audiobook actually. So like I got like Jeanette, like she does like the audio reading for you. Um and I feel like I like connected with it a little bit more, just like hearing her say her own story like that. Um and yeah, like she said, there were like some really like dark moments that were in there but I like really appreciated how open she was about things and how like willing to like just put it all out on the table she was 
Um, and I like how at the end, it's like, she's still kind of, there's still more room for growth. She's still like trying to work through and accept everything that's happened to her. And it's like, you can see that even like towards the end where she's at a better place than she was originally. Yeah, no, that's so true. I feel like that's, I feel like that's the whole book. Like that's, I feel like why when we covered it in our bite-sized way. Thank God. <laughs> right. Thank God. Because <laughs> yeah, I, I binged it. It was rough. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't like even being unwell. No, I could not have binged it. I would have like, if I would have binged this, I feel like I would have needed a week of recovery. I know. After <laughs> being back in this room, like I have PTSD, <laughs> this book sitting on the table. Like it was harsh like it was very I agree like I'm glad it was honest I'm actually like I respect her so much mm -hmm. for like not sugarcoating things yeah and being real about every emotion that could be controversial like whatever she just said it and I really like that but Thank, yeah, like I said, thank God we read it bite-sized or like, you know, chapters at a time and then talked it out yeah. and then decompressed and then did it again. I felt like a mini therapy almost as we were talking through it. For sure. Um, So, uh, not Brie. I'm like looking at Brie, but talking to Maddie. <laughs> Maddie, when you binged it, like when you were reading it, were you like feeling those emotions? And is that why you think like you got super, like it was just super overwhelming, but then how did you keep going? How did you not pause? Um, you know, I took little breaks, but I think at first I didn't realize, like I kept feeling anxious and I kept feeling like I would get like in these depressive modes, but I don't think I linked the two. Like at first I didn't realize it's cause, oh, I'm reading something ultra depressing. Um, it's been, and what I will say about her memoir, it's been a really long time that I, um, have felt this way while reading. I think it's cause I primarily read fiction. So there's like a degree of separation, mm -hmm. but this is someone that I grew up watching on the screen. And so to, to look at all these experiences that are happy memories for me and yeah. for her, like the worst moments of her life, um, eventually I just looked up from my page and I was like, oh my God, it's, it's this book that's like <laughs> making me depressed, but I don't know, like she's the strongest person on earth. I don't know how she got through all that because every time, even like her boyfriend, Steven, like Steven! she finally found <laughs> a moment of peace. And then he's like, I think I'm Jesus. Oh my God. What? <laughs> that was so, what? It's like one of those things that's too crazy to have been fiction. Right. Because <laughs> what? That, I think that was my favorite like plot twist of you, if you will, of this book. Like of yeah. everything that she talked about. Yeah. I was like, he thought he was what? Because it was the only plot twist that was funny. Like, everything else was so... Which yeah. it was like, not funny, haha, -ha, funny, ooh. Like, it's really, really upsetting. And, like, yeah. I've been meaning to, like, go back and watch the iCarly and, like, even her, um, the one she was, the show she, Netflix show oh, she was doing. Yeah. Even Sam and Cat, like I, I have like renewed interest in watching them. But at the same time, I almost, I don't want to ruin what I think my childhood self loved about the show mm -hmm. by like seeing it in this negative light. Now knowing like the creator, like everything about all these shows is so um, much darker than I thought. Yeah. And now hearing like all the Disney stars and shit, like, have podcasts talking about how they were abused and like didn't want to even do this and their mom just put them in this thing and like just the i all the whole industry like it's just oh it's a giant ick yeah and even like the strike that's happening right now it's mm -hmm. like oh yeah. i want to consume stuff but it's like oh i don't know and it's almost like the way you talked about it, because now as us as adults, we're watching these things, but we're also seeing what's happening in the background of our favorite actors and actresses and TV shows and the production behind it and like all the ethical implications of that. I And like you said, it makes it harder to watch and it's enjoy. Like, I don't think the jokes are going to be funny anymore. I don't yeah. think I'm going to enjoy it. 
right or like okay have have y'all watched reba like the show oh yeah no <laughs> this is why we're here <laughs> i'm a reba stan i got you okay but so reba there was an actress on reba one of the daughters on the show. i'll pause so you can do that <laughs> okay <laughs> um but she had left the show for a little while and they you know they do that thing where they explain in the show like why they're gone or whatever but it's like something happening in the real world and then yeah. like <laughs> and then they come back all of a sudden uh so for her like she came back and it was like a little different <laughs> <laughs> what happened well so what when, when i became an adult I like did some research and she had an eating disorder and like she had to go, I think she went to an institution or went to rehab to like get better. And then like all the pieces fell into place when I like deep dove into this. It was the, um, what, what was uh, Kira on the show. I keep thinking <gasps> Not her. you ruining Reba for me, Kira. <laughs> <laughs> okay, after what I did to Cheetah Girls, it's payback. <laughs> crazy because the episode that she came back she it was like this whole thing like she walks it and this was the time where like there's still like a live studio audience and so there's like this rage of applause when she like walks back on like in the scene for the first time I thought it was gonna be a gas I think oh oh everybody like who's on the show is there and they're all like where you been and she's like I want to go get something to eat. Oh. <laughs> why? Why would you do that? Why would you? Why would you? Sick fucks are writing the plot. <laughs> are they all fucked in the head? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> but like, when I first watched it, obviously I'm like, okay. But then when you find out like really what's happening, you're like, damn like the significance the connection it's just it's really different that's all i gotta say it's different i'm like crying laughing <laughs> life imitates <laughs> or art imitate like i don't know which one's coming first at this point i don't know which is which anymore because why was sam so into food like that messed me up like why mm. i can't i cannot i can't I can't like watch the show and hear her talk about food and like it would kill me. I That's didn't even so think about up. that. About the like her whole like, oh, I'm gonna eat a bucket of fried chicken and like all of her things. What, what's that doing to your brain? But if you're saying reality. I'm gonna right, you're like what? And now me thinking about manifestation of like what you speak creates life like it does have like your words have meaning i'm sure the english major can get with me here yeah <laughs> words have meaning and for her to be binging 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 for the for getting paid to say this practicing her lines say you know what i mean like believing these words mm -hmm. of course she's binging in real life damn but she doesn't want to get fat so she is purging so it's like of course it's so upsetting that like yeah uh, but i like the the fact that again we went through this whole book doing this whole thing right and i never once thought about the fact of her character being mm -hmm. so into like food I know, the very thing that he wrote her like that because i know his ass knew but did he? I don't know. I don't know if he knew. But because like... she she hid it for so long, if y'all were like, nobody really knew until it, later. It could have just been a coincidence, but damn, a very dark coincidence. Like out of I was, I always wondered whether or not other people actually did knew, and they just didn't say anything. Like how many people were just like in the background, kind of just letting things happen instead of like stepping in to help her out, You're like. Sorry. I feel like there's no way that her brothers or her dad could have like seen these things or like been around her and not done anything like not have noticed like what was happening to her and not have done anything to help her well her mom taught it to her so yeah. it's like yeah. to to get Jeanette help they'd have to get her mom help first and that was not happening 
they could have also just gotten i feel like they, they should have taken janette away from her like they were all like her, her brother they were, they were but yeah. like her brothers like moved away like entirely yeah but you know um, what? Like, I they can don't live that. near there i can relate to that being in a situation and like not like i was in a situation like theirs but i was in a kind of similar situation where it's like I had to leave first. It's kind of that thing. It's like, mm-hmm. I have to help myself before I can help anybody else. Yeah. yeah. Also, yeah. I was just mm-hmm. going to say, like, I kind of get that though. Like on the surface, it like, you know, when you're looking at her brothers and it sounds kind of messed up of like, how could you not come back for your little sister? But at the same time, it's like you, once you get away from that, it's hard to make yourself go back, even if you're going back to get somebody else you love. You, that's hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So I, but I feel like that's another thing of like, she struggled with at the end, um, romanticizing her mom um, and coming to the terms, like maybe she's, cause she was very protective of her, even mm-hmm. when she knew that she was like kind of fucked up. Yeah. Um, and so it kind of, I don't know, it was interesting to me because yes, we do romanticize moms a lot, but we also like, as a culture and as just people we're very scared about our parents not being good people and that like on on one hand it's like yes they raise you and you can be afraid that you're going to turn out like them but on the other hand I think does it matter like that's the question like you're you're agonizing over is my mom a good person is my dad a good person because I feel like that question is like giving you permission to love them. Like you, you almost feel guilty for loving your parents because you don't know if they're good people. But I feel like at the end of the day, like I wish I could like tell her that like you can still love your mom and be like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily trade my mom because I loved her, but also I'm glad that she's not in my life anymore for you know everything that she did you can love someone and hate them too and I feel like she struggled with that for so long but I think it's it's something that a lot of people struggle with yes that's yes were yeah. you the English major or the psychology major? Um, the English, English. <laughs> <laughs> honestly, it kinda, it's kind of like because that's why I was like yeah which one it's more similar <laughs> than you'd think honestly <laughs> yeah, no but really though because damn yeah you're right like that was such a word mm -hmm. okay (laughs) because yeah right it's like to me it's like the reason why we care so much about our parents being good people is like to me it's almost like I came from you it's almost like you represent a part of me Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah. if I don't like that part of me, it's like, I want to bury it. Like, I don't want to think about how it represents who I am. Like, only in my worst place do I want to think about that. Yeah. And something that I've been like doing lately, like, mm-hmm. is because, yes, there are parts of your parents that you're like, I don't want to have anything to do with that. <laughs> like I want no part don't talk about it it's like this is why I don't bring you around yeah but it's like I like to think okay but I can take the best parts of them the parts that I do like and be like like let's focus on that part like yeah you have to like recognize the other part that you're like not so down with but also you know you know me I'm always like two sides of the the coin I guess yeah you could say I know I mean at the end of the day it's like I love you right but it's like but as I'm a person kind of embarrassed by you yeah because I feel like at the end of the day a lot of people forget and something that I'm like realizing as I've gotten older gotten older is our parents were other people first before they had us which is weird yeah it's like <laughs> their life didn't begin when we were born like they were mm-hmm. here living their own lives, doing like their own things, facing their own traumas, going through their own things. And a lot, especially I think in our generation, a lot of our parents didn't get to deal with things like trauma because therapy wasn't a real thing. I mean, it was a real thing, but it wasn't something that was promoted. It wasn't something like, oh, like me, like we talk about on the, oh, we have, and this week in therapy. They like, weren't going to therapy. <laughs> they said, what? Yeah. Especially like, you know, <laughs> black communities, especially therapy was not mm-hmm. a thing like it wasn't an option 
And so I feel it, there's also the line of like knowing that and like giving them some type of like, okay, I get it. But also it doesn't make it right. Oh, it's so it doesn't hard. make it okay. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, so I think true. it's the same for Jeanette's mom, which I, it's interesting that you bring up the end of the book where she, I, I'm assuming you're talking about when she goes to her mom's grave and she's yeah. like, you know, basically the whole book, like, I'm glad you're dead. Like, I'm glad you're mm-hmm. gone because I would still be on this eating disorder. I'd still be this person that I don't like. Yeah. But it's almost like her mom never got that potential redemption. But it's, but it's like, you can't, because you have to, it's like, you have to take it at face value of what happened when she was here. I know. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's hard. It's hard. It's hard. Any type of grace, but <laughs> right. She's a human. And I mean, I'm, I'm not perfect. You know, mm-hmm. life is hard. It, Things it, happen. Out in ghetto. Yeah. Like, <laughs> no, I don't, I don't, I don't ever want to cancel anybody, but to empathize for them mm. it's hard it can be very difficult so was that kind of y'all's consensus as you were reading too it's like it's really hard to like you <laughs> like with her, with her mom and all the yeah yeah like on one hand her um you can see a lot of her like manipulation came from the grandma as well so like mm-hmm. obviously that is where she learned it um and so when your mom's kind of promoting that it's it's like similar to the eating disorder thing it's like when your mom is teaching you that it's like you can't it's not wrong you know um and I also like going back to your parents are people beforehand I think that that's really important too because like just on an empathy side um not necessarily like obviously we're not condoning anything but um you know they just kind of um, react. I think um, at this point in time, at least, like for her mom's generation, um, like now it's you, when you become a parent, you think about, oh, everything I do is going to teach my kids something. But I feel like that was not a narrative back then. It was just mm-hmm. like, they did shit. They react to whatever was happening. And then they were like, well, your life's your life. So you go figure out that trauma I just gave you. But now like- when you become a parent we have gentle parenting and like all Mm -hmm. this stuff to try and prevent that do you see what I'm saying like it's it's tough yeah there I don't know if you guys have ever seen Bojack Horseman um (laughs) she hates the show Uh, (laughs) but there is adult swim shows it's very neat (laughs) (laughs) I love those kinds of shows um, but there's a quote that he says in like, I think it's like season four or something. And he's just like, my mom is dead now and everything's worse. Um, and he had like a very bad, like abusive kind of relationship with his mother. But knowing that she was alive, you always have that hope that like things can eventually get better. Mm-hmm. Um, you can like continue to put them on a pedestal or at least um, picture it as like a goal that you will in the future be able to obtain. But now that they're dead, it's like, where do I go from here? How am I supposed to deal with all the things that you have left me with now? There's no there's no changing the relationship anymore. I'm just stuck with what we had. And that's kind of something hard to like move past. But also even like, I also don't have them. It's like the grief of it too. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? What we saw her go through. Right. Like how Maddie talked about like she would say oh yeah this was fucked that she did but let anybody try to tell like anybody else say that she's like how dare you oh yeah she (laughs) did have that really really protective she almost to me it was like her well yeah I just went through so many thoughts but like (laughs) (laughs) a rush of thoughts and emotions (laughs) I was like one thing and I was like ah but then but I don't even know where I was but um it just reminded me of like her time with Laura, her first therapist. Yeah. yeah. Where she like, cause that's what happened then. Right. Right. She was like, I, I went to ask you guys, like, what was your opinions on like her first therapist versus the eating disorder specialist that literally she literally going to say, can we get the resident therapy expert up in here? Because <laughs> that's weird. Right. Was that weird? <laughs> um, It was definitely weird. I think part of the thing was that 
I'm pretty sure she was a life coach. Like it's a life coach slash therapist, right? Like that was her yeah. official title. But she was I think definitely was getting more the ticket a... to those award shows. Yeah. I, I don't think she was actually like a licensed therapist. Mm-hmm. Um, more of just like a life coach who was taking on that therapy title. And maybe if Jeanette was somebody else, it possibly could have worked. Um, and there's a lot of like ethical boundaries that she definitely crossed over. Um but like I I didn't realize that it was only just like over the course of a month that the two of them were working together. And then she was just like slamming into her trying to get her to talk about like this trauma that she's been hiding for literal years. Yeah. Um, versus like the specialist that she works with later on. Um, he's just he's very like detached and he's very like, This is what we're gonna do. Uh it's gonna be hard. You gotta keep going. And mm. Yeah, it was that's two sides, like two extremes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it also could be to Bree's point, like license to do this, kind of woo woo. Yeah, <laughs> like very and like I feel like it, with her, like you said, with her situation specifically, she needed a licensed person who knew mm-hmm. exactly how to work with somebody who was having these difficulties. Yeah, I feel like almost taking the emotion out of it mm-hmm. was really good because um I don't know. I feel like this the eating disorder is like in a like mental emotional thing. You know yeah. What I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you're just like this is on paper, this is what we're doing, here's a pamphlet with a bunch of facts, like it's like, okay, like this is just like I'm doing these little checkbox steps Mm -hmm. and you don't have to Mm -hmm. think about your emotions or your you know what I mean you can just zone out and just get it done yeah I mean obviously Mm -hmm. way deeper than (laughs) get it done yeah Yeah. (laughs) but I mean that that just even made me think about my own therapy like my first session I was like here's what it is and here's what it ain't like I was Mm -hmm. very open like I'm like I'm ready to get this shit like not therapy over with, but like all of this baggage, all of this trauma, like I'm ready to work. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's not what Jeanette was giving. Uh, yeah. Like, she was ready. Yeah. She was She was not ready. Yeah. She wasn't at all. Um, yeah, so you yeah. can never help a person that like isn't ready to actually do the work themselves. Therapy is mostly you doing the work and it's just somebody else that's like helping you guide along the way. Um. It was also the fact that she, like, never, she didn't want to go in the first place. Like, Mm -hmm. her boyfriend made her go. So, like, Which is so funny that he also ended up with a mental illness. (laughs) The irony there, I just... Messed up. (laughs) I feel like there is this kind of, like, invisible string pulling us all, like, you're unwell? Me too! You find (laughs) each other, like... energy from somebody you're like this feels familiar (laughs) and then like I mean that's how they toxic bonded so hard in the end where they kept going like back and forth and then eventually they were like this isn't healthy though like I know think that was good yeah I was like thank god (laughs) there was so many levels to that relationship they started really cute Mm -hmm. it was a very neat cute moment I loved until he went really churchy and religious (laughs) Yeah, it yeah. was such a strange twist. <laughs> okay, Wait, you don't need therapy if you have Jesus. That <laughs> quote right there. You especially need therapy, <laughs> then. <laughs> that took mm-hmm. me out. I'm just like, I do kind of want to go back and read it. Not anytime soon, but like, at some, <laughs> at some point. Because there her dry humor through the whole thing it was just too good which i'm sure when you listening to the audiobook was like on a whole nother level yeah it just really reinforced the fact that jenna is a funny person <laughs> and i like she's probably not going to like get back into like the entertainment business or anything like that but yeah i mean if she did i watch <laughs> Right. But I mean, she is writing another book. That's what I'm mm. interested to know what the hell this next book is about to be about. I don't think it's the screenplay. Oh, Ooh, the screenplay? Girl. I want to bring back the screenplay that okay. she's showing her mom. I want to read it. Right. <laughs> Drop the screenplay, Jeanette. Drop the screenplay. I'm so weird. <laughs> I'm just nosy. I just want to know. 
what were you saying? Like, what was what was it first? Her okay, father. her father. Her dad. Yeah, that's not yeah. her dad because yeah. well, um. both. You know, there's a lot to be unpacked there too because yeah. she kind of asked the question, "Why did he stay?" And why did he stay? Maybe mm-hmm. for the one kid that was his, but like, none of them were his. Well, one was right. Yeah, one, yeah. No, I thought he saw all. I thought he was saying that all of their asses weren't his. I think it was the. I think it was three of them who weren't and then there was yeah. one who actually was his kid through there her. was four of them there is a lot yeah. to learn about. i'm so bad with me <laughs> and her ex-dad i don't need a family tree yeah, yeah. they're that in the back the of the book yeah. <laughs> was but, so love a map love a legend Kimmy. I'm sorry <laughs> yes no like that i i don't know but does it go back to like that whole thing of Maybe he stuck around because he knew if he left, it would be like 20 times worse. Mm-hmm. Because like she wasn't working. He was the only one really working. And then like, would it yeah, have been his like one son? I mean, I'm sure he maybe he loved the other ones too. I I mean, I feel like you gotta have a certain level of love and like to mm-hmm. put to like put up with this woman. And then all of these kids that are not yours. I feel like, I don't know. I don't know if I even want to give this man that much credit. I feel like she's nice about her dad. And I don't know. You're I was wondering. This happened. I was wondering if that was the reason why he didn't put so much like effort into Jeanette. Because like even young Jeanette yeah. was noticing that he didn't really care as much about her. Um, so like I wonder if that, like him not being her dad, him knowing that had contributed to how he interacted with her. Yeah, yeah, I would. I, I would so. argue that that sure. definitely it made so much more sense after that. Right, that whole birthday card thing like hurt my heart so bad. Yeah. Of like, you thought he was at least doing this thing for you, and then it's like, no, mom said to do that, and he didn't even bother to write anything in it or spell your name correctly. Like, yeah, damn, I forgot about the misspelled name. <laughs> yeah, that shit there's so many i i like i too want but he's a what did she call him a potato yeah like (laughs) she wasn't getting much out of him of like explanation because i'm pretty sure she asked like why did you stay like why did you go on his ruse because i mean it's not like these kids were born well actually i don't know the age differences but i don't think they were born like back to back to back I feel like the older boys kind of were closer and then she was further away. Maybe. I don't know. But it's like repeated. It's like, okay, it's one thing. You step out one time. I mean, oh gosh. You step out one time and have a kid out of sight of our marriage. <laughs> Two more? And the hypocrisy from her mom to like mm. shame Jeanette for everything even when she wasn't even doing anything just to be like interacting with boys like that was definitely projected on her own guilt because like Mm -hmm. you know that she was thinking about her own cheating self Mm -hmm. it's so crazy to think that there are also mormons like you are a cheater and a mormon (laughs) oh yeah how are those two things coexisting right now i'm so mad this makes (laughs) me so mad deborah is the worst (laughs) he's the worst and i'm sorry everybody in that house that didn't help jeanette is the worst like you are a bystander this is literal Mm. abuse like but i feel like also they didn't what 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 were they they were yeah, they, they were, were also victims. like they were also victims of the abuse. It's just Jeanette yeah. got the brunt of it. No, one of the brothers know. was also getting like the shower, like yeah, uh, like she had the shower with right? Yeah, I just don't see how an adult at any point didn't see her showering. The like, hey, we're going into the shower. Well, but because you know her, it was like the same dynamic with her grandpa and her grandma. Like you're saying, the adults who were in the house, like. Her mom got all of this BS from her grandma and her grandma was so self-absorbed and like didn't really care about like all the other stuff going on. Her grandpa, like he did speak up, but it's mm-hmm. like he couldn't take her out because legally, like he could have took her out. Yeah, but then he have to leave court. his own wife. That's a whole right? other You thing. should have. That's what I thought. It's like, you can, you can right. call in, Child in, ser- Protective Services in theory, mm-hmm. in theory, yes, but I, I mean, feel like I when you're it's in, not a great either one is not a great option. right because now she's in the system. It's so, it's just all messed up. 
I think it's just all fucked. It's. So I think it's interesting that he's the one that called, like, her grandfather's the one that called out the fact that Jeanette had OCD when she was younger. Like, he was the first yeah. one who noticed it and put a name to it. I'm like, yep. how do you know what OCD is back in the day like that? I. <laughs> True. It's like, funny. I feel like, did you, was there somebody else in the family who had OCD? Did you, like, research this? How did you know, like, this is what she oh, was that exhibiting? Is- but yeah. also, and like, they also didn't have, because the grandparents lived with them because they didn't have the means to be on their own either. Like, uh, it was all, it I was, it was an all trickle down effect of all You're of so it. You're so right. You're so right. I feel yeah. like, like, and yeah. then it's just, it's, it's fucked. So messed it's up. fucked. Like, that's all you can say about it. At this point. It's <laughs> fucked up. I do think it's kind of worth noting, though, like, yes the especially like once the mom died i feel like he should have the dad like should have reached out more but i do think it's worth noting that um he didn't really want to um what's the word like unclaim his children you know like his new girlfriend kind of made him do that Mm -hmm. so he wasn't gonna be like oh these aren't my kids anymore like as soon as the mom like he was gonna keep being their fault even if he was distant he was still gonna be there yeah um and so i mean i think it's a good decision because now he Jeanette knows that she has another father that maybe we'll find out in this next book might look out for her more but you know i i thought it was kind of interesting that yes it's about the mom but we never got to see like what happened from that meeting with like her real Mm -hmm. dad i think it's crazy that he knew who she was and then never like tried to reach out at all like even when she was um of age and no longer a minor like he didn't try to form any kind of relationship with her scared of deborah (laughs) (laughs) yeah although how do you have a kid with that woman three times Mm -hmm. a part of me feels like the girlfriend because you know that's like the girl that like isn't that deborah's best best friend like fake best friend yeah i yep. feel like mm-hmm. she wanted to like stick it to deborah now that deborah's gone and can't defend herself mm-hmm. like your mom was actually a whore <laughs> and she was she was all over the place and that's not your dad <laughs> she got with her husband mm-hmm. at the funeral mm-hmm. tell me she's not mm-hmm. messy she mm-hmm. came there with a plan and then she said and you're gonna unclaim those children we're not taking <laughs> care of them they are not coming on our vacation and she did try to make it seem like she was like I felt like you had a right to know but it's like th- there's still that messiness in it too though like why like, are you even here mm-hmm. babe this is yeah. Get the fuck out of here. Like, why are you here? This because- is a conversation between me and my ex-father. <laughs> if she did have positive intentions, why the fuck were you there like egging this shit on? She wanted to mm-hmm. see it go down. She wanted to yeah. she wanted to make sure he went through with it. He's a potato. Yeah. He wanted to do it. <laughs> well. Well, messy. well, that, I mean, it was messy from jump, messy. for sure. The whole thing was, mm-hmm. especially was you know, the dad had like a crush on her because Deborah was always like trying to make herself look like was named Karen mm-hmm. or something, trying to make herself look like her. Yeah. So she knew that she was kind of second best. Mm-hmm. Damn, she was in the long con. <laughs> this book i swear like <laughs> so many like little things we could dive into right I swear more right which like again back to all four of us read the same book right and we're getting all of these different <laughs> and conversations that we didn't even cover on the show like half the stuff y'all mentioned i'm like fuck i think that thing i didn't think about that until y'all were talking about what y'all were talking about and i was mm-hmm. like nah that she did that on purpose. Like, no, it's the vendetta. Yeah. <laughs> it was just not necessary to have done it. It wasn't. Now that y'all pointed that out, I was like, oh. 
yeah it was it was fucked but i still like i feel like we all it was still a great book like despite all of the roller coasters we had to go through (laughs) it was still really good and i like i'm like you i can't watch any of the past shows because it's like (laughs) I like look for those things now. I look for it. I can't just watch the show. I'm looking for those things. Um, I did watch a, a, an episode of iCarly actually. Of the um, new one or the old one? No, the old one um, with Sam in it. And like every other episode, she had like fried chicken or whatever. Um, but like what gets me also is she had to like eat that on camera, mm-hmm. you know, and she was always like really eating it for real for real. yeah like she was always very careful but so even if you're around food like that's triggering enough Mm -hmm. but like to have to like eat it and then like I don't know try and go find a time to throw it up later like that's so traumatic and you're having Mm -hmm. to keep this up and have through trauma every single day like there couldn't have been a worse job for her and no. people like screaming like Sam like do you have any fried chicken or whatever and like throwing shit at her like oh my god mm-hmm. another level of, i would like, be afraid to up. go outside she was afraid to go outside <laughs> i understand why she was drinking totally dude <laughs> right like in the grand scheme of things you're like yeah me too yeah mm-hmm. it's like too much to deal with yeah but like like i think maddie talked about earlier the video of her like celebrating the two years and like eating the cake and like it is very healing seeing stuff like that like from the outside yeah. again it know? was uh, kind of triggering for me to see it to be honest because you were still thinking like fuck is she gonna go purge this later yes like i was like that's a lot of cake it's like you have the anxiety <laughs> for her now almost like i'm like miranda in this book like, oh yeah like <laughs> is she okay checking up on her like peep it over your shoulder real quick she posted this instagram and i was like she looks <laughs> I think it's the lighting, bro. Like, I'm just over here, like because that, like now that we know, it's like you like genuinely care. It's like, are you okay? Like, is everything okay? Mm-hmm. Oh, like... I'm triggered, but it's really bad because it honestly makes me think about Bella Hadid because she you know she'll like come on, be like, pizza's my favorite food, and show her eating pizza, and then it's like she's actually not eating anything, but we don't know that. And we're not supposed to get into that, but it is a thing that's happening and it's kind of, it's kind of misleading to be this model. Like we know how you, you have to be a model to do, it's just like, but you're not supposed to talk about Mm -hmm. it, but it's like, it's like there. Yeah. But I, I think that's why I'm glad we're getting like, especially our generation and the generation after us. It's like, no, let's talk about it though. Like Mm -hmm. let's discuss let's 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 have a conversation real quick i still feel like you get you get oh, attacked sure. yeah for talking about it oh for sure like you can't talk about it freely it has yeah. to be privately but i think i think we're, we're we're getting there like we're we're inching maybe our way to like it not being like that anymore hopefully mm. maybe i feel like we're always like one extreme then we're like this is so bad and then we go all the way over here and then it's like this is so bad now and then we go, uh, you know what I mean? It's yeah. just like, we're mm-hmm. always going too far with this shit. Yeah. So right now we're in like, don't talk about anything and like body positivity and like, everything's great. Just smile and fake it. Delusional babes. Like, it's just like, yeah. I don't know where we're at. Well, I know where mm-hmm. I'm at. Right, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I relate. <laughs> doing what y'all do and like I tap into the culture you know I was gonna be a psychology major so I'm always like let me get the temperature here at as a society I'm so weak oh my goodness mm-hmm. okay well Maddie very clearly we can talk to you guys for hours about <laughs> things there's um, more to the story okay segue <laughs> plan for your future yeah what's the future of y'all show what are you reading what are you into right now wrapping this up wrapping this episode (laughs) up (laughs) 
Well, um, for the podcast right now, we're for some reason we're covering a lot of like middle grade. Like we're in the middle of the Percy Jackson series because we're preparing to cover the show that's going to come out soon (laughs) that we're so freaking excited about. Um, And then next on our list, we're gonna we're gonna cover some Nancy Drew. So Mm -hmm. that's that's (laughs) kind of we're taking a break from all the heavy stuff. We're going back to our childhood <laughs> yeah. i'm here for that i need it it's healing my life. yeah <laughs> oh my yeah God. we'll have a lot more like books and like mystery tale segments coming up now until like the whole strike is over um just to, like help stand in like solidarity and stuff with the actors and writers and whatnot um although i was telling maddie earlier that i really need the strike to end by october <laughs> i have a lineup ready we need to do and a stream marathon. They can't they can't mess with my lineup. So <laughs> they need to get in the room and like settle this because I've literally had this lined up for a year yeah. and they're <laughs> about to ruin it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it, it makes no sense. It's and they're clearly seeing the effects of it because there was some article that I was reading where it was like they're like, Oh, we're losing money because the actors can't promote the shit. And it's like well, then why don't you get in the negotiation room and fix mm-hmm. this shit? Yeah, you got to spend money to make money, girl. Start exactly. paying them. Period. Mm-hmm. Pay them what they're worth and what they're owed. Um, mm-hmm. But let our listeners know everywhere they can find y'all and all the things. Yeah, so you can find us on Instagram and TikTok at TMTTS Podcast. You can email us at TMTTSpodcast at gmail.com. Um, we're on YouTube also. There's one of the story podcasts. Um, we don't have that much out yet, but we're in the process of getting like our full episodes so you can watch for, yeah, I know you guys do that too. I've seen some of your, your <laughs> videos too. Um, so this is so weird doing this on your, like not ending my own show. <laughs> it's very surreal. <laughs> we're really here because I open and end our show too. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Thank absolutely. you guys so much for coming on. Like this has been... Yeah. It's been months in the making. Yes. <laughs> Your patience. Yep. Thank you for reaching out to us also. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Us, so we really appreciate it. Yeah. But okay, guys, Thank this you. has been another episode of She Will Red. We will be having guest interviews coming out every now and then. Uh just stick, stick with <laughs> us on social media. Y'all know I'm cool. This is a lot. It's a lot going on. Um, but anywho. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of She Well Read. I'm Alana. And I'm Samra. Bye, y'all. Bye.